Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday. Nikki Re here, headed to the Wester Hotline now. My good friend Eric Turner, the founder of CoverOne.net and at CoverOne on Twitter, joining me now to talk some Lions Bills. Eric, good morning to you, my friend, and uh, happy post Thanksgiving. Hopefully, you and the fam had a uh, had a great little run for Thanksgiving, man. Yeah, same to you guys. Thanks for having me on to talk some football this morning. My pleasure, dude. Uh, I'm excited. We're uh, we're gonna do some film room on Sunday. Uh, yeah. But before we do that, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the. Uh, you know, you had a chance, I'm sure, already to rip through. You sent me the plays. We're gonna go over. So, uh, no, knowing that you got through most of, if not all, of that game, let's talk about the offensive side before we kind of dive into the defensive side of the ball. The lull, right? I guess that's kind of the word yeah. that that I've been hearing a lot of this Bills offense and the lull that they've been kind of going through and. You know, some people have placed it on injuries and um, others have placed it on, you know, the inexperience of the play caller. Um, But Josh Allen has still found ways to sort of overcome those deficiencies, have overcome some of the issues this offense has faced to win football games. And that is, at the end of the day, Eric, what matters. But I think what you and I, some of the concerns we have is the sustainability of that. Um, Talk to me a little bit about what you saw in that game uh, that the Lions were showing the Bills that maybe put them off kilter and took them off of, uh, of maybe what they want to do in their game plan. You know, it always comes down with, with Josh Allen this year and Ken Dorsey's offense. It always comes down, like you said, how comfortable he is. And, you know, this offense, let's be honest, it is ranked quite high in any stat you look at, whether it's raw stats or advanced stats. But the thing with him this year is in those critical moments, you know, those areas of the field in the red zone, those critical areas, you know, he, he doesn't have quite the same offense. Let's, let's face it, it's a different offense than what he's had the last few years. And we see that the most in those critical times. Again, third and fourth downs in the red zone. And so I think that's, uh, you know, overall, that's been really the issue is they don't really have somewhere to, you know, hang their hat on when it comes to the run or the pass game. And so when those big moments come up, uh, you're going to see him struggle a little bit because you're not all that familiar with this offense yet. Now, give it some time. I'm sure he's going to improve in that way. But overall, the offenses look good. And the Lions game, they came out with a game plan. They said, you know what? The Lions like to play a lot of man coverage. They like to, uh, they give up a lot of yards to opposing quarterbacks that scramble. Well, we're going to put you in empty. We're going to put five guys out in the routes on every single play. Of course, have some help with the tight ends, running backs to chip off the edge, but then release in the routes. And guess what? If you're going to play man coverage, we're going to send guys out in the routes, and you better maintain your integrity uh, in your pass rush lanes. And uh, there were times where Josh Allen was able to uh, run the ball. They had some called runs for him, uh, something we haven't seen all that much. Um, but I thought early on that some of those, uh, that physicality in the secondary against the Bills wide receivers, um, really stood out. And I think that's mm. something that we need to start talking about a little more. You know, it's, 
um, Gabriel Davis and, 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 and Diggs are, are getting their, um, their looks, but, you know, they need some other guys. They need another third and fourth option to kind of step up because when teams want to press man, I mean, separation isn't quite there like we've had in the past with Emmanuel Sanders sure. and Cole Beasley. Yeah, and, and I think that's really where the Isaiah McKenzie factor has to start to be, yeah. I think, more consistent. We saw that in the first half. He eclipsed 100 yards last week against the Lions. But the one thing that, that and I'm glad you brought up like the Cole Beasley effect, and, and it, I, I hate bringing up a guy that isn't here anymore, but the thing that I think has maybe bothered me the most, Eric, is their lack of like easy answers, layups, and, mm-hmm. and schemed uh-huh. layups. And, and to say that, you know, that, that Brian Dable was just scheming up all sorts of ways for, for Cole Beasley to make himself available. Let's be honest. That, that was a very simple game that Josh and Cole had with each other. You know, like they, he just understood leverage. He found ways to get in the, in the, into the empty voids of, the, of his own defenses. And Allen trusted him and knew where. And I think that's maybe the most important part is the trust and understanding and knowing the body language of Cole Beasley and where he was going on a given play. That's hard to replicate. However, I, the, the, to me, the answer. Eric has kind of over it's been oversimplified. How do we how do we replace Cole Beasley? Well, it's well we're just going to involve the running backs more in the in the passing game. And I think yeah. they have yet to really build off of that into what their plan B and what their plan C is. And I think for me, it's the lack of schemed up layups in this offense just because Josh Allen can excel in all the most difficult parts of the field and all the throws that he can make and in in the deeper zones and the deeper voids in those zone coverages. I guess to me what, have you noticed the same thing that there's like the the lack of the the schemed layups in this offense and and maybe the guy I'm maybe most circling in this is scheming up Dawson Knox in those areas. Yeah, and it, when it comes to Dawson Knox, I mean where he's made his hay is you know in the extended plays where Josh Allen's you know rolling out and he's hitting those big plays down the field. Knox is catching them and then he's you know taking them to the house. Um, but in the red zone too, like he's been non-existent really in the red zone. And I will say against the Lions. The Bills went to empty set. They had Singletary off to the right side of the formation. They motioned him across, and we're trying to essentially run what it looked like was almost like a, a slide route with Singletary and then Dawson Knox in the mid to deep end zone coming across the middle. So I do think they know they need to get him going because, I mean, most of his touchdowns over the last few years have been in the red zone because, let's face it, Brian Dable in that area was, was really good at getting his tight ends going. I mean, he was scripting plays for at least Smith to score yeah. touchdowns. Yep. You know, and, and Tyler Croft. So I think that's one area that, yes, that Dorsey understands. He's got, he's got this weapon. He's a good mismatch. And Josh loves and trusts him in that area. He's just got to do a better job of scripting plays that get him one-on-ones in good matchups. Eric Turner here of Cover One. He's the founder of CoverOne.net. You can check him out uh, over on at Cover One on Twitter and uh, all the boys that are doing great work right now for Cover One. And we're talking a little bit here about the Bills-Lions matchup and the offense. And, and I want to switch gears to the defensive side of the ball because I think there's a lot of nuance to what's going on with this Bills defense right now, Eric. And and I think what people are starting to do is look at this Bills defense and, and they're seeing them get beat in ways they just simply have not seen this defense get beat in the Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier era. And and I am, for one, maybe most disturbed by the ability of number one receivers to get off the way that they've gotten off over the last three weeks. Now, they've played three very good number yeah. one receivers, and that's something to keep in mind, too. And I just think it's, to me, like early in that football game, watching Jared Goff 
immediately turn his head. There was no disguising what they wanted to do, Eric. They wanted to go yeah. at Dane Jackson, and yeah. they wanted to go at Dane Jackson, and they were really weaponizing his leverage against him, and they were moving everything on in-breaking slant routes or, or even if they were vertical routes, but stemming it inside. Like They were mm-hmm. just using... I think people are watching the film against Dane Jackson to say, okay, this guy finds the way to always be in position, but he struggles when the ball gets in the air. He struggles playing the football. Let's use that against him. Oh, wait, Tremaine Edmonds isn't in? Oh, well, now we're going to use his outside leverage against him and weaponize it. Is that what you're seeing too? Yeah, and of course injuries play a factor, but we'll kind of set that aside because, uh, yes, you know, not having Edmonds up the middle, he's going to create some issues. Not having Hyde on the back end and the communication and disguising a pre-to-post snap. Obviously hurts the defense as a whole. But my thing is, the last few weeks is, you know, some of the pressure hasn't quite gotten there with yes. just four. So you saw yes. them kind of ratchet that up a little bit. But you can only play so many zone-type coverages or pattern matches on the backside when you, one, have corners rotating in and out on both sides. Um, again, the injuries. And then, you know, you're going to a little more man coverage, and that is where Dane Jackson has gotten torched this year. Yep. You know, man coverage. And not just him. You, you talked about you're playing right. it at the catch point. Like, they're putting these guys in man coverage. They're, they're putting them in trail technique where they're letting the receiver get up the field of them, and then they're just mirroring the hips and just reading them. And a lot of these outbreaking routes and in-breaking routes, they're getting, they're getting open, and they're getting that separation. I mean, Dane Jackson in man coverage this year, he's given up 155 yards on 12 receptions. So, um, and even Taylor Johnson's been, you know, victimized at, at times. Uh, so it's not, really, it's not really their fastball of, of the defense of the last few years. But that's something that we talked all offseason about, getting some corners that can do that. Now, is Dane Jackson the man cover corner? No. But you're hoping to get Trey White back soon. He's starting to get ramped up. And you're hoping that Kyrie Elam eventually gets healthy, and he's a guy because in this game when he did play and he was asked to play some of that man coverage and some of that trail technique coverage, he was pretty sticky. So that's where he lives, Eric. Incorporated, right? That's going to be huge. Yeah, I, I mean that, that's why you draft a Kyer Elam is to give you more opportunities to run man coverage and run that trail technique. And he is uh, sticky's the word, but like he looks at home, he looks so comfortable. And sometimes when you see him run a lot of those zone cover looks, he does look like a fish out of water. Sometimes he just doesn't look as comfortable and as natural as he does when he's in that trail technique. And that's why I think it's so interesting to me what they can do with Benford, who I think is such a nuanced zone corner and then with Kyrie Elam who is that true man up you know press man trail technique corner you kind of have the best of two worlds and with those guys so as all these guys start to get healthy it'll be interesting to see what they do but listen I I don't want to turn this into a you know proving that Tremaine Edmonds is invaluable in this defense because no matter what statistics no matter what film you want to show people are going to find whatever they're going to find as a reason to say or to just detract what he does and what he brings to this defense but I don't think there's any I don't think there's a better example of a what 12 a 10 like a 10 quarter stretch of football that this defense has looked like against the pass to show you the value that Tremaine Edmonds brings that simply doesn't show up in a stat book or isn't going to show up on maybe film if you're watching it because it's the throws that don't that aren't made near him and in his zones yeah, that exactly. are the real that are that, that bring his true value to the field. Yeah, and and you know a majority of those plays you're not able to see them on broadcast because he's carrying guys 15, 20 yards down the field. He's carrying uh, Mark Andrews, a tight end from the Ravens. He's carrying Adam Thielen down the field on 15 and 20 yard overouts. Like a lot of those plays you might not even see until he gets to the catch point. And so yes, you know his length and size and speed like. There was a play uh, from the Chiefs game where he had to cover a number three guy out to the flats, and it was a very flashy play. The Browns ran it 
against the Bills where they, they swung it out to the sideline to Njoku. And Dotson was late to process the play, and he was late to the play. It was a big, explosive play, and Njoku jumped over Jordan Poyer. It was a big play. Well, they, the Chiefs did that a few weeks prior, and it hadn't been shut that down and held it to a three- or four-yard gain. So he does a lot of different things that you may not even see on the broadcast, but as you said, a lot of the stuff you're going to see is also not going to show up in the stat book, but he's incredibly important to this defense. As you said, the last few weeks, if, if you haven't been you know, understanding or comprehending what he brings to this defense, the last few weeks may have taught you something. So I want to ask you a little bit about, you brought up a point about how this defense is trying to manufacture pressure. Now Von Miller potentially out of the lineup. We're hoping for some good news over the next 7 to 10 days that he's going to be able to brace this up, get an injection, and and play the rest of the year and get that lateral meniscus surgery in the offseason. That's the hope. Um, And even with that, you're going to be getting an 80-85% Von Miller, but it's better than a zero Von Miller, right? But I I think about how much this defense actually misses Gregory Rousseau. And when you have Von Miller and Gregory Rousseau, as your book ends, that to me is how they've been able. That's why earlier in the year, this defense was able to create pressure with four and they right. have not been able to do that as much without Rousseau in the lineup. But Eric, I have noticed, and, and, and I know uh, Bruce was working on a, on an article last night. And we were talking about this before mm-hmm. we got on the podcast that he looked in and I think he saw that 43% of Jared Goff's dropbacks, he was blitzed on Thursday by this Bills defense. That yeah. is a far cry from what this defense was. The fundamental portions of what this defense was was rush for and drop the rest. And that sure. has not really been the case, Eric, over the last couple of weeks. And not only are they blitzing with more frequency, they're not really getting home. And I think part of that is also why you're seeing the corners struggle the way that they are. And especially when you're when you're blitzing, Eric, it's hard to run a lot of different zone blitz coverages. They're, there's, they're easy to identify when you're blitzing. So that's why you're seeing more man blitz. And I'm not sure, and I'm seeing it on a frequency on third down that's almost a little too alarming for me. It's part of the reason I think they're struggling to get off the field on third down, Eric. Yeah, it's true. And yes, getting Rousseau back and, and healthy is going to be uh, important too because Yes, he's a defensive end. He's one of the better run stoppers on the defense, if not one of the top run stoppers at edge in the league. Um, but they've also been weaponizing him a little bit, putting him inside on those third downs and using different overload looks where you know you got three rushers to one side, another rusher soloed to the other side. Um, so they can do some different things with him in there. Some of the other guys, they're hustle guys. They're not guys that are going to win um, you know, with their pass rush moves. But uh, getting Rousseau back will help a little bit. And, yes, the – the pressures, the man pressures uh, last game were tough. Yeah, they, they blitzed Goff 43.6% of the time. Uh, he only had 77 yards on those plays, but he had two touchdowns. So mm-hmm. um, it, it is, you know, mixing it up is going to become important. But I also look for the Bills, and I, I hope that the Bills staff begins to, you know, disguise things a little bit better. But, sure. you know, continue to use Milano in that role and, you know, send him, drop at the end, send him, you know, uh, send Taron Johnson, drop a, another guy out. So get a little creative with it, you know, attack the protections, not necessarily blitz with five or six man guys, but attack the protections, like do a better job of scheming it from a coaching sense where you're not really sacrificing on the back end while those guys that are rotating in and out are kind of get, still getting their feet wet and can still play coverage and still have the, the maximum of guys in coverage to uh, slow down defense. And again, that really goes back to their bend, but don't break mentality. That's right. Last thing I've got for you, Eric, and I'm glad you brought up Matt Milano. Talk about the level of play you've seen from him. I mean, you just you put on the film, and if your eyes don't immediately make it to number 58, you I, you might be blind, I think. Yeah. Yeah, It's uh, it's been a treat, really, because, you know, a lot of this, uh, the guys that they've drafted over the years, we've been lucky enough to, you know, track and study them, uh, study their film since college. 
and see them develop because they're so um, devoted to developing players and coaching up players. And Matt Milano has come so far yes, he has. as a player, you know, and uh, he's really taken his game to another level this year. I mean, he's carrying receivers, like, like I said about Edmonds, carrying receivers from the slot. So he's out in the slot, carrying him down the field, passing him off to the safety. He's, again, he's rushing the quarterback. He is pointing out plays before they unfold. Like, there was a play even just last week. I know we saw it against the Browns when Brissett kind of checked to the run to the weak side. He blew that play up. But this week, he saw that the tight end was off the line of scrimmage. And technically, a lot of times when the Lions had that uh, blocking tight end off the line of scrimmage, they ran counter trade. He called it out. They bumped over post-snap. And they, him and Klein went in and make a play. Like, he's calling out plays before they happen. He's on another level. And just really, uh, you know, truly one of the playmakers on the Bills defense. And I think if the, he's starting to get a little more credit around the league. I, I don't think he's such a hidden gem anymore. Well, I, I do have one more for you. DeMar Hamlin, tell, tell, me, yeah. tell me what you've seen from him because, man, as a run defender, he has been impressive. He's just the instincts he plays with and his ability to get from stop to full speed. Man, it's been impressive. And it's not just been in the run game, too. He has looked very good in coverage. Yeah, and, and the thing is, with the safeties, uh, they're not really getting targeted all that much, especially when it was him and, like, Jaquan Johnson. They weren't putting a lot of responsibilities on them. They're playing half the field, you know, two safety looks. Um, but when he, you know, when they were both in, it was him as the post safety, the single high safety. He shows some remarkable athleticism, his ability to transition, like flip and open the hips, run, and play over the top from post uh, safety alignments. Uh, yeah, he's he can come down and run fill with the best of them, and I – and I, when I did the video on him a couple weeks ago, um, it was no disrespect to Micah High, but because Micah High, when he comes from those two high looks to kind of defend the run and be that seventh defender against the run, he does it a little more calculated and kind of under control. He's got a different movement about him. Hamlin comes down with a purpose, and he sifts through the traffic quickly, and he ends the play. Like He just comes down and takes such good angles, even though he's not, again, one of those premier athletes at the position, he just takes really good angles. He's been in this type of defense for several years, and he's been impressive. And he's a, a guy that I do believe is a starter in this league. And he's, he's starting to notch up, you know, once he kind of corrects some of those missed tackles because it does pop up from time to time. Like once he kind of cleans that up and gets that technique down, adds a little more strength over the next couple of years, he's a starter in this league. There's no doubt about it. Eric, appreciate you, brother. Uh, enjoy your weekend, and uh, I'll chat with you tomorrow night, man. All right, Nate, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it. Eric Turner there, Cover One founder, CoverOne.net, at CoverOne on Twitter. Uh, you can check us out live tomorrow, 9 p.m. We'll be in the film room breaking down Bill's lines. I'm going to take a timeout. Joe Yurden, we're going to switch gears for just a moment, talk a little Sabres hockey with Joe Yurden. He's at the at the 12 o'clock hour. i got another break to get to, get to on the other side as well. So we got a lot to get to here over the next uh, 10 or 15 minutes or so here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Head coach Sean McDermott joins the Extra Point Show with Sal and Joe every Friday morning at 1030. Brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at Northwest.com. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. Podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. 
See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.